welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. Uh, OTP Open got really real really quick. Uh, we're going to get to all of that uh, in our coverage, but shout out to uh, Paige Pierce and Emerson Keith for taking home the uh, the victory there. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my good buddies, Dalen and Pete. What is going on, fellas? Before we get into like the super serious stuff, I do yeah. want to point out that Dalen definitely went <clears throat> during the intro. No, I didn't know the intro started, and I was about to start talking. He, it he definitely he, he did not. He did not. The intro had not started yet. So I was. I thought, I thought Dale was going to be first to do it. <laughs> I didn't know that it was even starting, and I was about to talk. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a smart man. Smart man. Is he? Oh, guys, how do we jump into this? Uh, because there's a lot, there's a lot that went down on Friday, uh, really Thursday and Friday, uh, with the DGPT. And I feel like, I feel like we've somewhat intentionally done a good job of trying to avoid, uh, talking about this can of worms. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but now we, we kind of have to just rip the bandaid off. Um, so I don't know how we want to jump into it. I get it because it's tough for um, there's three things you don't talk about at the dinner table. And for some reason, I feel like podcasts should be treated like a dinner table where it's like you don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. And I, th- I guess it's only two things. I can't think of what the third one is. And Money. Mo- morally. And it is also something. I don't know how many people have seen videos of us on Instagram, but we are, in fact, three cisgendered straight white men yes and so our perspective on things can be i don't want to say like ignorant but we bad we just don't have the same experiences as other people yeah do yeah in you these I mean, types of situations you make you make a very good point like we we are three straight white males that like have no connection to that community um like from our own personal experiences so while we do want to be supportive and be an ally, it is it is tough knowing where exactly we fit into that picture. I, I would like to clarify something, though. I know we've made jokes that we're not a political podcast, but this is not a political issue. It shouldn't be true. Yeah, I was I was thinking about it all week where it's like being like nice to someone and letting them throw a Frisbee around shouldn't be a political issue. Right. Right. Um, so so I guess. I guess we'll just jump right into it. For those that don't know, for those that haven't followed, um, last year, at the end of last year, the PDGA adjusted its rules. PDGA and DGPT both adjusted the rules uh, for their for trans athletes. Um, a lot of blame gets put on Natalie Ryan for that. I don't know if it's entirely her fault or not, but that's where most of the blame gets, gets put. Um, and she was no longer allowed to compete at the pro level uh, going into this season, she could play A tiers, B tiers, C tiers as much as she wants, but she couldn't play on the pro tour, which is kind of bullshit if you ask me. Um, Thursday, Thursday, she was told that she would be allowed to play at the OTB Open. Um, I believe a lot of this is because of the fact that it, is, it was held in Stockton, California. California has um, the most trans friendly rights uh, as far as any state goes. Um, and so 
that's how she was kind of allowed to to play there based on a court's ruling. Um, so she played the first round. She was one stroke back of the lead uh, going into the second round. I believe she shot six under, and the lead was seven under, and she was going to be on the yes. chase card um, going in, into round two. Friday, during the day, uh, the Pro Tour and PDGA both filed appeals. Um, they won their appeals Friday night, and Natalie Ryan was told she could no longer uh, finish the event. Um, it didn't, didn't count against her. Didn't, there was no you know DNF or anything like that. It was just, you're no longer a part of this. Um so I don't know if that's true because when I look at the results, it does show her. Uh, let me go back down. She is at the bottom forty eighth place as DNF. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. So it might have actually, which I mean, when she's not allowed to play anyway, like at this point, her fight isn't against how good her rating is. Her fight right. is against just the policy as a whole. Um, so I don't think she's necessarily as upset about what the score says as much as like she didn't get the chance to finish. Yes. This tournament. Yeah. And and I believe the uh the court ruling was somehow the fact that the Pro Tour isn't exclusively made up of athletes from California, but it's from all over. And so one state's ruling can't apply totally, oh, which, which it's much is much dumber weird. than that. I have it pulled up if you would like me to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh before he reads it, can I make a statement? Sure. It was really fucking stupid. Okay. Good statement. <laughs> so the appeal was based on whether or not the court in California that made the initial ruling that she's allowed to play had jurisdiction to overrule the DGPT. And the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in California stated it appears that the district court lacks diversity jurisdiction over the disc golf pro tour because plaintiff and at least one member of the tour are citizens of Virginia or Ryan's case to be heard in a federal court. One requirement is that the plaintiff, Natalie Ryan, who is a citizen of Virginia must be totally quote diverse, i.e. from a different state than the defendants. So because she is from Virginia and also one other person in the tour is from Virginia, it's not, a diverse enough decision to be heard on a federal level. Let me find out whose fault wow. this is. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people from Virginia on the tour. <laughs> well, so in, in addition to all of this going down, um, which most, a lot of people speculated this would happen um, at the OTB open. It's the one event that the DGPT hosts in California. Um, and so that was the, the speculation because again, California is the most trans-friendly um, state when it comes to their their rights. And so, because of that, there was 33 FPO players that came out with a, came out with a statement um, basically in support of the DGPT and their stance on everything. Um, they formed what has been called the Stockton Declaration of Women's Professional Disc Golfers for Women's Rights and Protection of the Women's Category in Our Sport. Uh, and for context, I just want to read the first paragraph here. Um, it says, We, the undersigned female members of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, recognizing that the rights of women in sport are under attack, 
understanding that entry of males into the female category of our sport is antithetical to fair competition and only and only recently informed of a lawsuit threatening entry of a male competitor in the women's category of the Stockton OTB Open do hereby join together to declare and defend the rights of women in disc golf. Um, there's a lot more to it, but that is the opening paragraph, which I think gives you a pretty good idea of what else you can find in this declaration. Um, and I think we feel that it's pretty important to name the 33 women that attach their name to this document. Um, so in alphabetical order, I'm just going to go through. There was Alexandra Von Stade, Alexis Manahano, Alyssa Borth, Callie McMorrin, Carolina Halstead, Caroline Henderson, Katrina Allen, Deanne Carey, Ellen Widboom, Emily Beach, Evelina Salonen, Anna Wynn, Hannah Bloomrose, Jennifer Allen, Jenny Umstead, Jessica Weiss, Kat Merch, uh, Ketty Tati, Kona Montgomery, Kristen Tatar, Christine King, Lisa Falkas, Lydia Cochran, Likey Lawrenson, Macy Valadez, Rebecca Cox, Ruby Reyes, Sarah Gilpin, Sarah Holcomb, Stacey Haas, Stacey Ronsley, Valerie Manahano, and Vanessa Van Dyken. Uh, there's obviously some pretty big names on that list, um, and that kind of really sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some names to me don't even make sense in the sense of like, some of these women are just we've seen Natalie Ryan play before they changed this rule. And some yes. of these wetter, some of these women are definitely better than Natalie Ryan when it comes to playing. Like Kristen Tatar shouldn't fear playing anybody. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it is crazy to see some of these women on this list. Some notable women who did not sign though, Paige Pierce, Ella Hansen, uh, Haley King, Own Scoggins, uh, I didn't make the list. Like I can Devin give you the whole did. list. I don't know why I started. I, I think he just list. read 30 names. And so yeah, I was so, like, I'm going to say some too. So basically what, what I did is I went through the top 30 um, in DGPT point standings and figured out the names of those in the top 30 that didn't sign. Uh, and surprisingly, it's pretty close to a 50-50 split. There was 13 names in the top 30 that didn't sign, which obviously means there were 17 that did. Um, but the 13 that didn't, because I feel like their names are equally as important, um, are more important yes yes are Paige pierce missy gannon ella hansen Haley king holland hanley maria olive ali smith aria castruita anakin steen own scoggins holly finley sayananda and madison walker so equally big names on on both sides of it um so i think the argument that I think the argument that I've heard is that there's a decent chunk of female players that uh, are opposed to Natalie Ryan playing is not a fair argument because I think there's a decent amount of top names that are perfectly fine with it, as they should be. Yeah, the idea that, um, the idea that being born a male automatically gives you an advantage. Like, there's no way that any of the three of us could just go play an FPO event nope. and even make the cash line. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, look at me and Peter's hairlines. We're pumped full of testosterone and we're still not good. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, you've still got to work your ass off. 
in order to compete against top-level athletes. That doesn't matter for the male, female, whatever. Like, you've still got to work your ass off. So the idea that a male would transition specifically to dominate a female uh, division is is incredibly misogynistic, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you can tell just from your statement alone, they're saying that a male is entering their sport, which means unlike the statement that the DGPT put out on April 21st, 2022, saying that they recognize the validity of the transgender experience, that does not seem very valid to me when the Stockton, what is it, group of... Stockton Declaration. The Stockton Declaration of... uh, No, I'm not going to name call here. But... uh, (laughs) They uh, refuse to call her a wimp, a woman, which she is. Yes. Like, yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm not sorry if it offends anybody here. It's just it's just the truth. There's no there's no kind of research that supports Natalie Ryan having a distinct advantage because of the DNA she was born with. And DNA is no. much more complicated than anybody on the Disc Golf Pro Tour can understand. Um. Also, Kona Montgomery signed this list because she's afraid of playing with Natalie Ryan, but Paige Pierce beat her by 31 strokes. So I think you have your own problems to worry about. Well, this is this is what I've said is like Natalie Ryan has won two, two pro tour events in her entire career. Two. Kristen Tatar has doubled that this year alone. Kristen Tatar has won four pro tour events this year alone. And so, like, who's the who's the bigger danger to the sport? Natalie Ryan or Kristen Tatar? Yeah, really, we should just ban Estonians from... <laughs> I think that's fair. If you ban transgender women, I think you also should ban Estonians. Well, I do I do want to read a um, a statement that, like, I've kind of... I've been sitting on the statement for a few months now. Um, this is a statement that... Uh, and I want to I want to give uh, credit to Throw Proud um, on Instagram, at Throw Proud, if you want to go give them a follow. Um, but this is a post they put out about a statement that Katrina Allen said to the Supreme Court. Um, These are Katrina Allen's words. I've been playing sports since I was five, and although I've lost many times over the course of my career, I've never felt as defeated as the day I had to compete against a male opponent in the disc golf female professional division. As tears ran down my face during an elite series tournament, I realized that even though I have a strict practice regimen, workout plan, and am known as a fighter, there is no outworking the physical advantages that a male has. I have since faced four different males in the female category in 26 different tournaments. The worst part is if the women speak out and share their feelings of defeat and frustration, they fear loss of sponsorships and the very public wrath of those defending the male athletes. The women feel helpless, scared, voiceless, and isolated. Now, if that's how she feels, then credit to her for speaking up and credit for her to finding 32 other colleagues uh, to speak up with her and voice their concerns. However, I would like, before you move on, I would like to clarify, because it sounded like you said Natalie Ryan said that, but that was no, Katrina actually Allen. yeah stated by Katrina Allen. I just yes. wanted to clarify yes. that. Um, however, this Instagram account, Instagram account Throw Proud, uh, did some research uh, about Katrina Allen against trans athletes. And despite her claim that there is no outworking the physical advantages that a male has, the facts of the matter are publicly available for your viewing on the PDGA's website. Katrina has played no less than 37 events with trans women as competitors in her division going back as far as 2014 and has only been bested by trans women six times. 
Katrina Allen has beaten trans women 88.8% of the time. Natalie Ryan has beaten Katrina Allen 11.8% of the time. All other trans women combined have beaten Katrina Allen 0.0% of the time. That's it. So I don't think there's, I don't think there is as big of an issue here as there is just transphobia. This is pure bigotry disguised as competitive advantage because they refused. They say male athletes every single time. No, the male athletes hurt my feelings. There's no male athletes. Yeah. It's because when anything like this happens, it's, it's two options. It's, you know, you think that they have a competitive advantage or you're transphobic and the math and science, we're not a math or science podcast. We weren't a political podcast. We still, still shouldn't not. be. Still but, not. Um, the math and science isn't there to support a competitive advantage. So by uh, process of elimination, this is just transphobia. If they were right, Natalie Ryan, there's what do you what do you got to go down to? Like, let's look at the FPO, MPO. You'd have to go down to let me sort my rating. I what know she's you, rated like nine fifty nine or something. To get to the same rating as a Natalie Ryan, you'd have to go to Brandon Klingen. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. Are they scared of him? I just I think uh, I don't know. The worst part of this to me was just how openly the CEO of the DGPT, his name is Jeff Spring how openly he was like, obviously the women of the Stockton uh, declaration declaration, um, are the same way, but the CEO of the entire tour, when they announced that uh, when this, the initial ruling was like basically the judge uh, district judge, Troy Nunley had said like uh, this policy appears to directly target an individual sex and gender by creating a temporal line when one must transition. And Jeff Spring said to this, we certainly disagree with the decision and a little disappointed in the decision. So he's like, yeah, we let us hate trans people, please. And then they got their way at the end of the day. So it's just, it it sucks to me because so all that I've known of the disc golf community since, you know, and and I've only been playing for, for just over a year now, but all that I've known is how, inclusive it claims to be and how how much it's a sport for everyone um you know anyone can come and play it and 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 have a great time and it seems as if i i mean i think that a majority of the pro athletes both in the female and male division would agree with that statement that it's such an inclusive community except for if you're trans apparently so it's just it's it's it, it's just tough, like because I do view this sport and this community as a very inclusive community, but it just it's, doesn't the seem prob- to line up the, that way. It's a difference between casual and professional, I think, because casual Probably. is becoming a lot more people where it's like they're traveling and they need something free to do, or they just want to like you know they it's a reason to be outside as we're getting older you know it's an easy way to get some exercise uh you have touring comedians like uh the machine uh, i can never remember his name burt kreischer yeah. yes burt kreischer and stuff like that so all of these people that are 
and you know like touring like rock musicians and stuff like that i'm sure are getting into it as well like you have the company dark ace that's kind of around that yeah the musician like trying to combine those two things so the casual scene is definitely becoming more and more inclusive as we go and we're also getting teenagers into the professional scene i can't speak for like how they feel they haven't put out any statements but when you have people as young as Gannon Burr and, uh, you know, people like that. It's hard to believe when they're that young because more and more, the younger you are, the more, like, progressive you're supposed to be. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So it just seems to be a problem with the mentality of the professionals who have been playing it all their lives and used to things being a certain way. At the end of the day, for me, what it comes down to is, Unless there is, and and I don't think there's any like there is no issue here. There's no issue. Let let them play. Let let Natalie Ryan play. If there's if there was a trans if there was a trans man in in the MPO, do you think anybody would give a shit? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even know. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even know. And if the, and if a trans man won, it would be viewed as a huge success story. And I would and I would bet that a lot of these cis women would would be very supportive of that. And that's, yeah, what, I think that's what's bullshit part, about the whole thing. This is a problem that transcends disc golf, is trans men are not vilified. They don't even... They are, obviously, but they aren't vilified in the same light as in sports. Yes. Because they don't... People don't even care, it feels like. Yeah. Because they don't consider them to have a competitive advantage. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact, I wanted to look it up before we got into this, and it is true that in their policy, transgender female to male, the only restriction is that they can no longer play in the FPO, which makes sense. See? They they changed the MPO from male to mixed. Mixed. So I'm curious. I don't know if there are any on tour, any transgender men. If we are, we have if there are, we haven't heard about them. That's what I'm saying, is yeah. they don't even speak about them. They don't why is there no problem with that if there's a problem with Natalie Ryan? Yep. Because and the the science they used behind the competitive advantage that they cite is tenuous at best and complete bullshit at worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know if I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to input. I do want to say Real quick, uh, I think the best way, if you guys, you know, are in support of this and support Natalie Ryan, um, she did find a sponsor through Neptune Discs. They're a fairly new company based out of the state of Virginia, and they, she was able to play on a tour event, so they did just release a tour series disc for her that you can pre-order. So if you're yeah. into that and into supporting her, that's the best way to do it. Uh, and if you disagree with us, uh, we don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah at this point like it just respects people she's a woman she doesn't have a competitive advantage she works if she just as hard if as she anyone did, else if she did there would would possibly be a conversation to be had if she won every event by 10 strokes i would maybe hear you out but that's not the case in any way shape or form but but as you okay. heard Katrina Allen won 88% of the events she played against Natalie Ryan, and Natalie Ryan won 11 of them. 11%. Yeah. 
There's no competitive advantage. It's yeah. made up nine, to be a bigot. Nine times out of ten, Katrina Allen's winning. Yeah. Yeah. So so the thing the thing about that, Dalen, is though like we do have a woman that is winning by ten strokes every event, it so it seems. And yeah. no nobody gives a shit about that. Yeah, because they're bigots. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Banistonians from Has Utah. anyone checked to see if Kristen Tatar was transgender? <laughs> have they? Do they have their Estonian medical records? I want them right now on my desk. <laughs> well, we have been harping on this for quite a while now, which we, we kind of expected that would be the case because this is something that all three of us do care about. And like like I said, we have intentionally not opened that can of worms thus far through which is through, through, through nine episodes. Weak and soft and we should have. And yes, probably. If you, if you are a part of the you know, the LGBTQ plus community and like you have any suggestions on how we can, you know, help this cause any way, shape, or form, just feel free to let us know. I know there's not a lot of you listening to us right now, but you know, every also tell us if we did something bad. Yes. We want to, we want to be as you know respectful and everything as we can. But again, we're yeah. three cis straight white men, and so our view of the world is very shallow. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't want I don't want this whole Natalie Ryan situation to overshadow the event that did take place, um, because uh, Paige Pierce had a heck of a showing. Uh, allegedly she was supposed to be injured going into this event, and I'm sorry, Dalen, for giving you misinformation last you. week. <laughs> I hate you. I told you. I said, I'm going to be a menace on Tuesday, and you thought I was talking about that. I wasn't, but I think I am now. Because it. I wanted to pick Paige Pierce. Yeah, you, you both know I said it. Yeah, There's did. no denying it. You said I'm pretty sure she's injured. I said, "Oh, okay." So, I guess I'll pick so I, someone who let, I don't like. Let me let me interject here. I would be willing to allow you to take a a prediction win. No, no, I no, would be willing no, to do that because no. you did because you did want to take Paige Pierce, and I Peter, and I swayed true. you from that. It listen, it's a hundred percent true. You, I wanted to take Paige Pierce. You have very to first thing I guns. said. Those are the rules. You have to stick. What I do. Those are no, the I, rules. I don't know. Me and Devin, the rules, and me and Devin agreed that I got a win. So here's here's the problem: is Peter doesn't want to let you have a win because then you would have more wins than him. Yes, but a fair no, and square. I'm by how we always have done it. But if I, if I had told you not to pick someone because they were injured and then they played and won, I'd give you the win. Yeah, yeah but I don't it trust is. you. you I would. You shouldn't have trusted Devin. That's your. Fault. I, he knows more than me. <laughs> Do your own research. <laughs> no, I don't do any research. That's my thing. I do think it's unfair to take away that victory from you because you were wholeheartedly behind picking Paige Pierce. Yeah, and, I was like passionate about yes, it, if you recall. Yes, and I'm the one that said that there's a good chance she's not going to play, and if she does play, she'll be playing on an injury. I'm filing an appeal. And so, Well, we hate those. <laughs> Yeah, good good luck with your appeal. Who's gonna hear your appeal? Me or Dalen? I'm going straight to the courts. <laughs> All right, go when ahead. I, I got When win. I go to jury duty next month, I'm gonna be like, by the way, since we're here, <laughs> I have so, a complaint. I do think the only fair way to do this is to put it to a vote, and there are two of us that are in agreement over Peter. So yes. 
if I was wavering, like I think I'm gonna either pick this person or Paige Pierce. Yes. I would I would back down. But yes. I was adamant and you're you convinced me that she wasn't playing. And there's there's been other times where you have picked someone that was supposed to play and then got injured. And I and Ricky Waisaki three times. I've picked people that were initially registered and then come Friday they had dropped out. And so it sucks when that happens, but the reverse like we can't do something about the reverse happening. No. <laughs> well, we're gonna outvote you. Let's move on. Dalen, I gotta win. Dalen gotta win. I'm giving him the damn win. All right. Well, I'm picking two people every week now. Just... <laughs> you don't. No, get to we're do gonna outvote you. I'm gonna pick Paige Pierce unless Owen Scoggins does really good. In which case, I pick Owen Scoggins. Listen, if if you if you want to pick somebody and they happen to have a nagging injury and have released a public statement saying that they are not supposed to be playing or are trying to hopefully play said event. And then, one of us convinces you not to play them. That's an important distinction. And they then turn around and win said event. I will give you the point. Nah, that's messed But up. only if you have conviction. Whatever. I'm going to make the graphic that says who got the win, so. No, I'm going to pay somebody to do it. <laughs> Again, I know who controls the social media. <laughs> well, that's just the FPO side. Over on the MPO side, hey, guys, Lone Star Discs finally got a, a Pro Tour win with Emerson Keith. That's not freaking Nicola Castro, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I guess that's good for Lone Star. I personally, have either of y'all thrown Lone Star? Absolutely not. I personally do not love them. I've, I bought a disc specifically from them to try them out and did not like it. Now, maybe that's bad for, on me to, to judge them off of one disc, but it definitely did not sway me in wanting to buy more of their stuff. I'm not talking crap about them. It's just I'm not interested. Yeah. I just don't like Nico Castro, so I avoid Well, Nico's not sponsored by Lone Star, right? He's, no, is he, he is. now? I thought he's, he is. Oh, okay. He is because, I had it back because Lone he Star... was sponsored by Clash. Yeah. He yeah. got dropped, and now he's sponsored by Lone Star. Yeah, okay. because Lone Star dished out a crap ton of money to like every pro that wasn't top level well, then, or sponsored. Yeah, I'm probably gonna refuse to throw their discs because Nico's a weird, lame loser. It's, it's like it's Nico, it's Emerson Keith, it's Chandler Kramer, it's Robert Burge. Like these are not like necessarily top tier guys, but guys that could make a move here and there, make make some noise at a tournament here and there. Um, but that's like that's kind of their roster is very mid pros. Yeah, but did, shout out to Emerson. Did you say the top five for FBO? No, I'm 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 going to get to the top five for both. Okay. Um, but yeah, this was this was Lone Star's first Pro Tour win, and this was actually Emerson Keith's first Pro Tour win. So shout out to both of them um, for for getting it done at OTP. Uh, just to recap, the MPO top five, Emerson Keith won it with a 23 under. Um, and second was Gannon Burr, who shot his way up up the uh, standings on Sunday when he started on the fifth card and ended in solo second at 21 under. And then tied for third was Isaac Robinson, Cole Redallon, and Aaron Gossage at 18 under. I think it's Redolin. They kept saying Redolin during. Yeah, I've always really? heard. Uh, yeah, I always yeah. thought it was Redolin. I feel like I've heard it said like that before. Never mind. I've always heard it as Redolin. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm an idiot. Yeah. So Gannon Burr's third round, he shot 
11 under from the fifth card to get up to second place with an unfortunate bogey on the last hole to yeah. kind of keep him out of that contention. But he was the only double-digit round on the day. The next closest, Garrett Gerthy and Jake Ebenheimer both had minus nine. I think those are the only two minus nines. Yeah. Um. So nice. he was the only. His round rated 1072. So not quite the 1100 we saw from James Conrad. Pretty good uh, round last though. week, but pretty close, especially, you know, if he held it together and got a par on that last round, he might have been closer to 1100. I don't think he would have quite been there still, but he would have been in the 1090s maybe. Yeah. If he held out. But he had seven birdies in a row? No. 1 2 3 4 5 nine, 9 I think. 9. Hole 9 to 17 birdied every single one. Such a like getting a lot of like late card creep because James Conrad was on like the fourth or fifth card too whenever he shot his uh 17 under. Yeah. Yep. A lot of crazy just far down card action from our MPO players this, this season. The, the the year of the chase card continues. Yeah. And I guess even further down than just the chase card. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can win from anywhere, it seems. I mean Yeah. On the uh, on the FPO side, as I mentioned, Paige Pierce getting the win at 25 under, uh, Owen Scoggins in second at 21 under, Emily Beach in third at 17 yeah. under, Ella Hansen in fourth at 16 under, and Missy Gannon in fifth at 15 under. Hey guys, yeah. four of the top five didn't sign. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I feel like that's that's four of the top five and seven of the top ten. That's I, believe. A, I feel like there's a little bit of, of uh, poetic justice in that, maybe. Yeah, and uh, Katrina Allen, seemingly the biggest, uh, probably the leader of it outside the top 10 as well. So, Yeah. So just to give a uh, points standings update now after the OTB Open. Can I say one more yeah. interesting thing real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Paige Pierce did, I think have one of the hotter rounds of the weekend. Her round two was under. a minus 12, which I don't think any other woman shot uh, a double-digit round all weekend. Um, that round was rated 10.33, with uh looks like she also had nine birdies in a row. Wow. So I know the ratings are weird between, you know, MPO and FPO. I still think it's a shame that she got a better score than Gannon Burr, but got a lower rating. But they also had less distance to cover. Yeah, the it's different. FPO covered 9,113 feet versus the MPO, who covered 11,388 feet. Yep. But I thought that was super interesting. Just uh, Paige Pierce's injury is not slowing her down at all. Yep. Well, over on the MPO side of the point standings, uh, in fifth, we have James Proctor, fourth, Kyle Klein, third, Isaac Robinson, second, Gannon Burr, and first, still holding it down, is Calvin Heimberg. No surprise there. A little bit of movement. I think uh, Isaac and Kyle's flip-flop spots, and James Proctor found himself back in the top five. But not not a ton of surprises happening over there um, in the point standings. On the FPO side of things, 
in fifth, Ella Hansen. Fourth, Holland Hanley. Third, Katrina Allen. Second, Owen Scoggins. And at first is still Kristen Tatar. Um, again, I don't think there was much movement uh, in the points. So, shall we move on to this weekend's action out in Oregon? Can I ask a question that I normally ask off of the podcast? Sure. What tournaments is this weekend? I I don't think you ask that off the podcast anymore. I think it's your usually it's your opening question. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you this long. The, I honestly thought you knew, and I was shocked. I was fired up. The tournament this weekend is the Beaver State Fling. The Beaver State Fling out in Oregon. Uh. I'll be honest, I did not get a chance to look back at last year's coverage. Were you able to watch any of it, Pete? Uh, no, I did not. I worked Saturday, so I only had one day off this week. So. Mm. Mm. Well, last year, I know that Garrett Gerthy won the event, um, and on the FPO side, it was Valerie Mendejano. Um, I know that... that Beaver State is usually kind of a wooded style course. Um, wooded with, with some distance also. Uh, so it could be could be a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Are we getting some predictions? Yeah, we said we were going to let you go first this week because you were a oh, crybaby last week. We did say that. We did say that. Um, and <laughs> I, I had no idea who to pick. Um, so my two names are kind of really random. Um, but I kind of went off of last year's finishes and somewhat where these two competitors are currently um, this year, how, how they're doing this year. So on the FPO side of things, I'm going with Own Scoggins, which is someone that I know that Pete has picked multiple times this year uh, thus far. I don't think I've picked her at all so far. Um, so I would love to get a victory with her when Pete has not been able to. Um, <laughs> Dalen, what is happening with your camera over there? Buddy? Is it showing anything? No, it's not now, but you were upside down for a solid. Yeah, I don't know what seconds. just happened. I don't know what's wrong. He's trying to hold it together during this pick, but I couldn't do it. Uh, but yeah, own Scott. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I think this is an audio medium. That's fine. We don't need it. Wouldn't this be funny to put on Instagram, though? <laughs> Owen Scoggins has had multiple uh, top three finishes this year. She's She's been on a little bit of a tear, uh, and she placed third at last year's event, I believe. Let me double check that. Yep, third at last year's event. Um, so, I don't know. I feel feel decent about that as my FPO pick. Um, we'll see. We'll see how she does. I do like Owen Scoggins a lot. She is. Uh, she, she. I. I feel like she's a lot better than I am, honestly. But as a, she's a predominant forehand player, and I yeah. feel that in my soul. <laughs> if only your forehand was as good as hers. <laughs> and my putting, and my backhands, and, and everything. Um, my approaches, and um, the way you hold a disc. Yeah. Um, is there anything else I can be bad at at disc golf? Um, physical conditioning. Oh yeah, she's in way better <laughs> shape than I am. That's true. <laughs> On the MPO side, 
Um, this is an interesting pick for me. Like, this is not a name that I think I would have picked really before this past weekend. Um, but I'm going with Cole Radalin. And part of that is because of, again, just got a third place finish this past weekend. Um, I believe that was his second top three finish this year. Let me just double check that. Yeah, he placed third at Waco as well. Um, I don't know. I have a good feeling about it. He placed fourth last year at, at Beaver State, so maybe he'll carry over some some luck from last year into this year's event. Uh, maybe carry over some momentum from OTB uh, up to Oregon with him. So yeah, going with, going with Cole, seeing what happens. I like that pick. He's he's been close in a couple tournaments now this year. Yeah, too. he's been up there, um, with all the other names. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right, who's going next, Dalen or you? I'm going next. All right, who we got? Uh, FPO. I'm going to pick Ella Hansen. Solid pick. Because every time I pick Ella Hansen, it's at least pretty good. Fair. Ella finished 10th last year. That's fine. I'm just taking a risk. I like to take risks. Listen, top 10 finish is good. It's always good. And Paige Paige Pierce is taking the week off, too, it looks like. Yes. So the MPO, I don't care if he plays or not. I'm picking Richard Baisaki. (laughs) Ricky's going to do it. It's just nice to see him back on the list. Right? I want him to play. It's in the woods. He's good in the woods or not in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. And I just want him to win really bad. That is fair. All right. I like it. I like it. It'd be, listen, it'd be nice to have Ricky back out on tour, uh, winning some events. Uh, Honestly, as, as a man who I know he's with dynamic now, whatever, as a man who throws only destroyers and pigs, I just, I have to pick him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's no, oh no, he is here. I'm not picking him, but I was like, I didn't see Calvin Heimberg for a second. That's not like him to miss, but he is. That's not what I'm picking, though. I'm going to go MPO first because I feel like it's less, like, spicy of a pick. I'm honestly still not convinced who I'm picking. I had a name here, and then I lost it. You should go with the name you had. Don't even know who it was, but you should go with him. No, I know who it is. I just lost his name. Like, I need to see it in front of me to say it. <laughs> and there's no good reason for that. I just lost it in my brain for a second and had to find it again. <laughs> he said in a press conference last week that he does not want to be just known as the Woods guy. Mm. But also, he is kind of the Woods guy. And so I'm going to go with Vanilla Ice Cream, Vanilla Isaac Robinson. I like it. Uh, I like the pick. Very much like it. I thought about him. Yeah. If if it helps, I thought about Owens Goggins for FPO, but then I decided mm-hmm. to go with a much sneakier pick. Okay. Who's 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 the sneaky pick? FPO, somebody who has a few uh two top 3 finishes, uh three top 10 finishes. Never really finished outside of the top 25. Won a silver series, and of course that was kind of wooded, like half and half, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Thai Ananda. 
That's that is a sneaky good pick. Who is from Washington, so yeah. he's probably played this course plenty of times. Yeah, that is uh that is also kind of what pushed me towards Cole is that Cole is from Oregon. Um so you know, probably has played the course a handful of times as well. Um yeah, size size is a sneaky um, that's a sneaky good pick. So as a certified card carrying Isaac Robinson hater, picking a man from Georgia to play on a wooded course is not ever a bad idea. Yeah. Well, I know. He's he's the king of woods golf currently. No, in he's my not. Opinion. Yeah, I think he is at this point. You can't just take the crown from Chris Dickerson you because you like a new guy. It's not. It's not a matter of liking. It's the fact that he has played better than Chris Dickerson more recently in the woods. But you can't call him the king. You can't Chris say Dickerson that re-injured. He's not listed, so I'm not sure if he's actually been playing. Giving someone the title of king cannot be done when they've been playing for a few years. All right. Well, as of right now, the two people that have won majors in the woods most recently down in Georgia are Isaac Robinson and Chris Dickerson. So, Chris Dickerson's still the king. All right. If you say so. Isaac, Isaac Robinson is playing the best in the woods this year. That's my whole point. Hey, who's who's the best basketball player of all time? <laughs> Michael Jordan. I'm not. Michael I'm Jordan. not agreeing. Okay. I'm not agreeing. He should be uh, king. Let I me was... finish my thought, Peter. <laughs> Who had the best season this year? Not LeBron. I'm not talking about LeBron. Okay. Who had the Who had the best season this year? Well, MVP was Joel Embiid. Yeah, but I would argue that Jokic actually had a better that's, season. That's a fair argument, yeah. But neither of them are the king of basketball. Sure. I don't, I mean, it does, like... You can't just give the title away. So, what? all right, so how long does Isaac Robinson need to be better than Chris Dickerson in the woods in order for you, as a card-carrying Isaac Robinson hater, to... Be on board with him being the king. Literally only three more years. He'll be the king then, and that's fair, because if he's better than Chris Dickerson for three more years, he's the king. Is he better than Chris Dickerson right now? Yes, but Chris Dickerson has a a proven resume over many years. All right, so so here's here's my thing. If if Robinson wins this weekend uh, in, in, in Oregon... And he goes back to Idlewild in in a few weeks and wins again, like he did last year at Idlewild. And then says, you know, say he goes and repeats at Champions Cup next year. That's not enough to say he's well, king king then, of the woods. Okay, so if he if he sweeps those events, then we can talk about it. And you may have a point, but he needs to sweep them first place, all three. Okay, and then I will give it to you. But if he performs very well at all three of them, I need to see three more years. All right. That's fair. I checked out when y'all started talking about basketball. I also have an argument about who the best basketball player of all time is, but Devin already knows that, and we don't need to get into it. Oh, boy. All right. Devin said, oh, boy, like he doesn't know. I don't think I know entirely what you're getting at, but it might be... It's an easy deduction. 
Well, if he said it wasn't LeBron, then. I never said it wasn't LeBron. I said LeBron wasn't who I was talking about. I mean, LeBron isn't the best basketball player of all time, though. That's what someone like you would say. That's <laughs> what anybody with half a brain that has watched the sport over the last yeah, 30 years would say. I only have a quarter of a brain. Okay, well, then your argument is invalid from the get-go. All right. don't, this is not a basketball podcast. Yeah, who would listen to a basketball podcast? Correct, Dude. correct. You this are golf correct. is the much better podcast subject. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us in whatever capacity you're doing. So uh, if you could follow the podcast, maybe give us a review. Uh, if you so feel so inclined, uh, follow us on Instagram at PuttStuffPod. We also have a Facebook at PuttStuffPod that we don't really use. And we have a Discord that is kind of for another podcast, but we will allow it to be for both. <laughs> so come hop into that for all of these sports shenanigans. Um, links to all of those should be in the description of the episode. And hey, looking forward to uh, some good woods golf out in Oregon at the Beaver State Point this weekend. So I think we've got a good one. And we will see you guys next week for the Cascade Challenge. I'll be another year older then. You will be. And as always, I believe that's that. Good job.